Welcome to Harvest Talk, the podcast of Harvest Community Church in Goshen, Indiana. Harvest is a community church with a vision to change the world, and we do that by reaching people and building their lives. For more information on Harvest Community Church, please check out our website, hccgoshen.org. I'm Pastor Jeremy, and as always, it's an honor to be with you today. And today, we are continuing our celebration of our legacy here at Harvest with our interview with Vic Hildebrand. And uh, just as a reminder, again, this weekend is the big weekend uh, for us uh, to celebrate this legacy. And so uh, Saturday, August the 7th, we're going to be having a family reunion from uh, 4 to 7 p.m. Come on out. It's a great event for the entire family. Food, fun, games, um, a whole lot of uh, – we're going to have a a kind of a walk of memories to look back at the 50-year history. Uh, Vic's going to be there. Steve's going to be there. A whole bunch of people from our – history and legacy are going to be there to celebrate with us. And then on Sunday, August 8th, 9 a.m., 1045 a.m., we're going to be celebrating uh, part of that legacy as well. And then one of our oversight pastors, Clem Ferris, is going to be giving us the word that morning and challenging us to be looking ahead into the future and continue to build on the legacy that we have. And that is what we're looking at and exploring today in our podcast. Uh, And so we're going to pick back up where we left off last uh, last time, which was basically in Vic's basement. And Vic's going to start talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that uh, that started to happen. He, he and a group of people started seeking God that the experience they read about in the book of Acts would become real to them. And so he's going to start talking us through that and move towards the creation of Zion Chapel, the, the predecessor to Harvest Community Church. And, uh, and we're going to be talking about that today. So without any more... Here's the next segment of my interview with uh, Vic Hildebrand. Real quick, just as a reminder, again, we experienced some technical difficulties. So if you're listening to the audio podcast alone, you shouldn't notice any difference. If you're watching on video, you may notice that the video quality either isn't as good or there might not be video for this. Uh, we apologize. Um, and so, but this, the, these sequences of interviews, we ran into this problem. But again, here we are picking back up with our, my interview with Vic Hildebrand. Let's take it away. And, and, and so it gave me the kind of encouragement. I had asked God for that because of the very nature of how I was a leader and people were wanting to ask questions. And I, I have a personal story. Yeah. Later on, I was understood in Latin. I was understood in Greek and in Spanish at different times, different right. places. Right. And, and the Spanish one, because I know enough Spanish, I don't know how it happened. I, I didn't. I didn't know what else. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but to me, the miracle of tongues is not anything that I want to put down lightly. Sure. It's a big Absolutely. deal. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's the only one of the gifts of the Spirit that uh, literally everybody can participate in. Right. And it's, uh, it's available. Right. Uh, many don't, but, but uh, you know... Um, uh, to me, that's pretty significant. That's pretty awesome. All right, so you've got hundreds of college students going in and out of your home each week. What point did the calling or the idea of, hey, maybe I'm supposed to start a church, and how did that happen? Very good question. Let's add one detail. I was sure. teaching school at Goshen High School during all that time. <laughs> so we had meetings every night. Sure. Most of them lasted until midnight. Sure. And I'm teaching school at, at Goshen High School. Everybody gets straight A's. <laughs> <laughs> but quite a few of my students got saved. That's amazing. Some got filled with spirit, yeah. became part of the church. And it was a big deal. Along with that, uh, 
other adults in the community were coming in. And uh, this is the part that shocks me. It's not surprising that high school students would be coming or college students would be coming or even adults in the community. But people from other countries showed it up our house. Yeah. I mean, we didn't advertise this anywhere. Right. Guy comes from India, like what in the world is he doing at our house? Right. Uh, Ray Jennings showed up at, yeah. at our place and I'm thinking, uh, so how did we warrant this? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> anyway, so lots of things like that were going on. But let me, let me transition. How did the, uh, the Zion Chapel concept, the church, really kick in? And, uh, and this is really part of my story. I was invited to go to full gospel meetings in Illinois, Ohio, various parts of Indiana, mm -hmm. different places that I would go. And the unique thing, and I didn't plan this, but when I heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was alongside of people who grasped something called New Testament church. Yep. Yep. And that in fact, we have denominations, most of them have had some real encounters with God mm -hmm. that was very real, very meaningful, but they were, um, th over a period of time, they had drifted into a structure sure. that was organized and unfortunately could lack the experience of Christ and the power of the Spirit without them even knowing that it was God. Right. It, it, it seems like a strange thing. Yeah. Let me shut this thing off. Sure. It doesn't bother me again. Not a problem at all. Yeah, I mean, we, that is something that happens uh, with a lot of these movements yeah. um, is that it, it starts off as an on-fire thing and then gradually right. over time it becomes static. Exactly. Yeah. And, and while we're at it, I remember hearing about this. And let's just shake hands here. <laughs> <laughs> For the camera. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> because the, 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 I remember very distinctly back in the early years in the 60s and the early 70s that if this thing would last with a vision mm -hmm. intact, Mm -hmm. of missions, salvation, and grasping the move of the Spirit, if this lasts for 50 years, <laughs> that's an indication that we've done a few things right to move it forward. That's tremendous. And, and I thought about it back then already. Uh, and I thought, okay. And, and I, I wasn't really thinking, okay, 40, we should celebrate 40 or what. It's just that I, I, I wanted to see, can we do something that's of God enough that if I take my hands off, it moves 50 years. in the things of God. That's amazing. And so I want to give credit to Steve Chop. Yes. And to you, Jeremy. Well, thank you. Because reality is I was called of God, and I knew that God did not intend for me to stay here and shepherd this thing for the rest of my life. Right. If it hadn't been for Steve Chop, I don't know where Zion Chapel would have gone. Right. I mean, we could have found somebody. And it might have been good. I don't know. Right. But... Steve had the heart, the passion, and the vision of the church, and he really was God's gift to the church and God's gift to me. Yeah. My investment, my sowing, bore fruit because of a person like Steve. Yep, yep. So I just want to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. In uh, fact, uh, we're having a conversation with Steve, and, and uh, we've already pre-recorded it before this one, and we spent a lot of time talking about one of the blessings of what's happened over the last 50 years is those two transitions mm -hmm. and how, and then it's interesting just him talking about you and in him, how the, the core DNA of what was founded back 50 years ago in Zion mm -hmm. Chapel really has held strong through those 50 years. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 
the, the, the revival of the Holy Spirit, the development of leaders, the call to the nations, the call to reach their city. Mm-hmm. Like that has just been a, an ongoing stream, uh, line all the way through. Yep. Yep. Started all the way back then. And I can't agree with you more. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's very rare, mm-hmm. um, especially when you think about the fact that this particular move of the Holy Spirit didn't automatically kick into a whole lot of denominations. Right. You know, it's, it was more yep. independent and, and that kind of thing. So, right. yeah, I agree. Um, so there were people that I was introduced to who really had the vision of a New Testament church. Mm-hmm. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit was significant, but it wasn't just a charismatic meeting. Right. It was the fact that God wasn't only restoring in the church the gifts of the Spirit uh, miracles, healing, faith, and tongues and interpretation, and, and so on, but was also restor- restoring apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, fivefold right. ministry, and the the functionality uh, of elders who are not just a board, but but people with a heart and passion for God who jointly help lead a congregation. And this vision was planted by a number of people, but I got to give credit uh, here to the folks in Valparaiso, mm-hmm. Richard Tyson, Larry Owen in particular, people for whom that was very real. Uh, there was a book that I was introduced to way back there called The Church Which Is His Body, mm-hmm. written by a man named Carlton Kenny. That was before oh, your time. Wow. No, I, know, I know that name. I know okay. Carlton okay. Kenny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's a well-known uh, teacher in the, in the body of Christ and yeah. amongst our group and, yeah. and so on. But it was a simple book. It just identified the things that God wants to have in his church and um, I'm going to go a little bit left wing or right wing or off here a little bit, but I'll, I'll say this. Well, you were a charismatic preacher. That's what you're supposed to do. Supposed to, okay, <laughs> here we go. Okay, so here it goes. I believe that in most denominations in our day, mm-hmm. they have replaced apostles and prophets with a board of directors, mm-hmm. a mission board, mm-hmm. and, and then they have whatever their constitution says. Right. So you, you don't have the gifted men of God who help to get the word of the Lord, what do we do with this situation? Right. What we did in our, in our day, because we didn't have a denomination, we didn't have a board to go where, right. we would fast and pray. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. our whole thing was, we want God to help us to figure out how to do it. Right. We're not the first ones ever to do that. Others no. have fasted and prayed and God's answered and so on. But, you know, there's a few things that we did that were good. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Every once in a while, we, we hit the, <laughs> the right notes. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I feel like uh, just grasping that element of, of what the body of Christ is, let me add to it. And this is part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought I was going to be an evangelist until I met Ray Jennings. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. <laughs> and I realized, no, I'm not really an evangelist. Right. I'm a wannabe. <laughs> right, yeah. Yes. Now, in all honesty, I was in India with Ray and what was obvious to me was obvious to him. We had crowds of people coming, miracles happening, lots of people getting saved. What did Ray do? He put me in charge of, reach, of speaking to the new believers, right. teaching them, because my passion was for the ones that got saved. Right. There's thousands of people out there. Some got saved, and, and the, the evangelists want to reach more people the next night. Right. In the meantime, I said, hey, what about the guys that received Christ now? Yep. Somebody's got to do something with these guys. Yeah. That's when I realized, no, no. My heart is pastoral, yeah, and and teaching, helping them to just become healthy in, as followers of Jesus is what it's really all about. Yeah, but the second thing that that happened to me, and I didn't anticipate this. I mean, I was a follower of Jesus. I believed in heaven. 
And, and I also believe that should, the people should gather somewhere. But the idea that the church is the bride of Christ mm-hmm. was, was given to me as a vision, uh, not a picture vision, but as an idea that was promoted. And I looked at it and I thought, wow, the church is the bride of Christ. And let's face it, there are lots of American charismatics who disdain the church. Right. Right. Which I think is sad. Yes, it is. What God did in me was gave me a vision and a burden for the cause of Christ. It's all about Jesus. It's all about his purposes. Right. And he is building his church. Right. It's his bride. Right. And my passion for the bride of Christ has forced me to say, it's not about me. It's not about how many people I can reach. It's about bringing them together mm-hmm. in, a, in a meaningful expression of what it, me- what it means to be the body of Christ. Absolutely. So to me, that's, that was pivotal, and I don't even know who all to give credit <laughs> in, in that one. Yeah. It's just, it happened, and here I am. I'm close to 80 years of, uh, in my life now. I am as passionate about the body of Christ yeah. as I've ever been, and uh, what I do whenever I'm helping churches and they invite me in, I want to help them get on track right. with what does it mean to be the church of Jesus Christ, right. a real church. Yeah. What should that look like? How, yeah. do, how do people function in that reality? And that's the beauty, I think, of uh, how I've gotten to know you because, you know, there's 36 in a room between when you were leading and when I started leading here. But, uh, you know, I've seen how you've helped uh, all the, a bunch of churches in our area in, in this kind of thing. And, and that's, again, another beautiful thing because that's, again, for those of you that are listening, not familiar with the charismatic uh, movement and, and all that, I mean, that's, again, another mark of genuineness because the reality is what the Holy Spirit does in addition to everything we've talked about is it glorifies Jesus for the sake of building his church. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that was just such a beautiful thing. And, and honestly, even looking two generations later, uh, it's, it's been a beautiful thing to inherit because uh, I've never once had to really feel like here I've had to describe what a church is and what its purpose is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I think there are, like you mentioned, some places where, because charismatics, for a bunch of reasons, don't like the church, it gets confused. It, it really does right. get confused. Right. And so, so yeah. yeah. Um, uh, when Steve Chupp visited the first time, uh-huh. and we'll talk about this later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he told me later on, he came because he had heard about what was going on with his mom and his dad right. and his family and all right. that stuff going on. And he had heard, these people are just crazy and they just want to talk about the Holy Spirit and they're just completely, you know, gaga over whatever these miracles are. Right. So he came and my message was the centrality of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I, I guess I didn't quite get the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> but the beautiful thing is that wasn't by accident. Right. Nor was it by design because Steve was going to be there. Right. It's because that's who we were. Exactly. And, and so while you're excited about the baptism of the Spirit and speaking in tongues and miracles, you never lose the point of the centrality of Jesus Christ. Right. And I believe that, that here at Zion Chapel at, at Harvest, that is the, the sort of like the, 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 the hallmark that should continue Absolutely. being there. Absolutely. And, you know, praise God. Absolutely. All right, so, uh, so you're learning all this stuff, and then eventually you got to leave the basement. And uh, or the living room, or or the landlord, or wherever yeah, you guys right. were meeting, and uh, and so you form a church. Mm-hmm. Um, talk. I, I remember. I remember finding this 
uh, Steve and I are, are, will talk about the why we changed from Zion Chapel to uh, to Harvest mm-hmm. when we talk with him. But I remember the first time hearing kind of the desire with Zion Chapel is the picture of the worship mm-hmm. in the Psalms. Right. Um, why talk talk a little bit about why that was? What was the what was the uh, the, the inspiration and, yeah. and why that was so valuable to you guys in those early days? You know. We did. I would take a carload, other carloads as well. We'd go to Topeka for a missions conference, go to Waco for other conferences. We'd go to, to uh, Virginia Beach and Hampton for Tom Jones's annual conferences and so on. Um, what we discovered was that what we were experiencing was they were, what they were experiencing as well. But there were, there were pockets where God was just moving in worship. And we didn't deserve it or earn it, but our passion in worship was there, songs were birthed here in this mm-hmm. church. People, <laughs> and I was thinking of Sheila Nowacki, who was one of my really favorite songbirds of those early times. When she got, um, I think she got baptized in the spirit, came to the church, and I asked her if she would do a song next week. Mm-hmm. She went home and said, Lord, give me a song. And he gave her one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she sang it beautifully. Uh, and one of the songs, I'm not sure which one, she did this one, Obey My Voice out of Jeremiah, mm. went around the world. I mean, it's just, oh, wow. Uh, it, wow. It, got, it was sung in New Zealand and Australia and That's India and, and so on. Uh, but the point is, we had something here that we didn't even know how great it was, but we were experiencing new songs being birthed all the time. Right. And worship was a big deal. And because David was the psalmist, and Zion was the place that David said, this is my place. So Zion Chapel became a name because our group was into the songs right. of David. That's, awesome. that, that's really where it was. And, and uh, it was totally meaningful. Yeah. And at that stage of where we were, uh, it was an ideal uh, for our church because people would come and say, yep, that's what they got going on here. This, this is the house of David here. Yeah, the, exactly. And the, and the worship has always been a legacy. It has. A legacy here, which has it, always been it, yeah. amazing. And, and you know, uh, it doesn't happen very often that I, I haven't heard very many people. The first, about five years, I led worship with my guitar. And, and I, I, I don't know other people, but I actually heard God say, Put it down. Right, right, right. <laughs> now, reality is, I wasn't very good with it. <laughs> God, God finally giving you the obvious. <laughs> but, but what I'm, what I want to say is, yeah. we gave what we had. Absolutely. And that was the beauty of it. Absolutely. This was not, no, this was not a, an effort to entertain. We were doing the best so we true. could. But then, God blessed us with worship leaders that were yeah. just like top of the line. Yeah. And just, um, and people from other places, you know, we hosted the ministers' conference yes, here, yeah. and so other churches the leaders came and they saw what we had going on here, and it was it was something that they took with them as well, but it made a real mark in a lot of people's yeah. hearts. So, yeah. yep, that's what we we felt like was um, a, a kind of a DNA description of what's going on here. Absolutely, you know, you you remind me of a funny story, Jerry Daly, who yep. uh, you obviously know, yep. and uh, and was my father in the faith. Uh, came out of a similar movement. Um, he says that when he got his call to ministry, he also played guitar and led worship. And I don't know if you've ever heard Jerry sing, uh, but he likes to say that there were people in the congregation that were laughing 
and some of them were with him, but one lady on the front row was definitely laughing at him. And so, and so, <laughs> okay, but, so there are others, <laughs> there are others just like that. But you know, same, same thing. God provided. Uh, the, uh, what was was awesome about uh, you know going back to your pioneer spirit, guys like you. And uh, guys like Jerry, I mean, you once you once said it to me when we were having breakfast when we first moved here. You know, back in those days, you had the Holy Spirit, and that was about it. Because <laughs> because there was a resistance from the established yeah. churches, mm-hmm. uh, which is very sad. Um, and, and I'm glad that resistance isn't as strong today as it used to be. Right. But but you were out out on your own. But mm-hmm. what you what you did is instead of going, well, I'm out on my own, it was a determination that we're yeah. going to figure it out. Yep. And it built such a, a beautiful thing over time in the body yep. of Christ. Let's also give credit. You talk about Jerry Daly. Yeah. Jerry Daly was one of the people that was, uh, he's, he's technically only a little bit older than I am, but right. he was ahead of me mm-hmm. and is a man that I could look to. Um, and, and one of the things about people like him, Tom Jones and Fred Herzog and Jerry Daly were, were men that, that I admired. Mm-hmm. In their personal way, they're three totally different people. Sure, sure, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but they all gave something really, really valuable, and and it was part of this picture of what can a New Testament church be. Mm-hmm. Uh, in many many ways, uh, you're really the product of 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 the best of of all of us. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> Jerry, thank you. Thank you. Jerry was a man who who believed in the same things we did, but he had more grasp and more order. Mm-hmm. to build it yeah. than the rest of us. Right. Uh, you know, I, I love Tom Jones, and he died so, unfortunately, prematurely mm-hmm. in, in 1979. Um, but, but he was a man that was a leader, and people eagerly followed him. It was, it was, it was great to see Tom just love the Lord, love people, and people just wanted to walk with him. Fred was a man that had this prophetic dimension to him that was, that was just really... Uh, a bit scary, yeah. Uh, but always caused us to say, "Wow, you know what? Um, it's pretty obvious that God knows more about what we're doing than we think." <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> great. Okay. And we're going to conclude uh, right there for today. I hope you found this very interesting. Uh, you know, he he mentions so much the, of what uh, helped to make Harvest uh, successful in those early years, and he mentioned. Uh, you know, my uh, my mentor, Jerry Daly, who was uh, very influential in my life. Uh, Jerry went on to found two or three other churches um, after uh, com- coming into contact with Vic. Um, and, uh, and actually, when I was a 16-year-old teenager, Jerry was the one that reached out to me, looked at my life and calling and started. Uh, I used to meet uh, every Sunday afternoon from 2 to 4 p.m. in Jerry's uh, library. Uh, along with a couple of other guys, and he would teach us how to study the Bible, how to study theology, church history, church uh, church function, all that. And uh, there was about a three or four year period of time where I was being trained um, by Jerry, and he was very influential in that. And that was part of the legacy of Zion Chapel and Harvest, was finding young men and women who were called to ministry, investing their lives, and then sending them out. And uh, that's why we say reaching people, building lives. It goes all the way back, pre- predates me, or we've wanted to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and build their lives so that more people can come to know Him. And that's part of our legacy here. So let me pray for us, and then we'll wrap it up uh, for today, and we'll continue our discussion with Vic next week. Let me pray for us. Lord, I just thank you so much for all that you've taught us. Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is real and powerful and moving. And Lord, we thank you for your heart for the nations and heart for people and the heart to change people's lives. And Lord, we want to see more of that. 
And so, Lord, God, I just pray that as we listen to this, Lord, we'd be challenged with that sense and anticipation that your spirit is going to move at any given time, in any place, anywhere you want to. And, Lord, we ask for more here. And so we ask for that in your name. Amen. Well, hey, listen, thank you so much again for uh, checking out Harvest Talk. And as always, we hope that you continue to seek ways to reach people and build their lives. We'll see you next week. Take care.